0: Welcome to The Read Along,
1: a mini book club for your ears.
0: I'm your host Scott.
1: I'm your other host, Anita.
0: And join us on a journey through a good book,
1: one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time.
0: time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do. And you can listen to me, Scottsy Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts, Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. So in the ongoing saga of getting our house,
1: <laughs>
0: our new house all set up, uh, we are getting another bed delivered.
1: Yes. Woo. For yeah. the like spare room.
0: Yeah. Um, we've, we've had some guests at our place and they've had to uh, couch surf for a while. Yeah. Not just here at the new place, but also at the condo.
1: The old place. Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah, because, uh, I mean, we had a guest room at the condo for the longest time. It was very nice to be able to, like, have friends crash or what have you. But then we had a child, and so the guest room got turned into...
1: Guest room slash office.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, Because we condensed them down, and then we had a second child, and the guest room turned into not a thing anymore.
1: Yeah, and then the guest room went away entirely because we needed another bedroom for the baby.
0: Yeah, and so, like, friends who've had to crash have had to crash on the sofa. That, however, can finally change because uh, we, we'd we actually saved the guest bed, although we had gotten rid of the mattress because it was quite old. But we, we put back together the bed and a new used mattress is being <laughs> dropped off. So yeah. it is. Uh, it's it's good. We'll be able to finally have people here again. <laughs> In the
1: realm of recycling some perfectly good furniture, some friends of ours are moving also moving yeah and they have an extra bed perfectly good that they now don't have room for yeah and we're like well we have this extra bed frame <laughs> which is void of bed yeah so there you go it all works out
0: it's perfect and so yeah that's being taken care of and uh, we will we will have a guest room again which is nice because i mean not that we don't have a comfortable sofa but it's not like the best sleeping sofa I-
1: I have slept on our sofa back in the spring when I hurt myself. It's not the greatest.
0: Yeah, Anita pinched a nerve or something.
1: I threw my back out. Yeah, and uh,
0: it was actually difficult for her to get into our bed.
1: No, no, I could get into it. I couldn't get get out out of it. Right, sorry. Remember you had to lift, you had to like sit me up. I couldn't sit up on my own. My back hurt so bad.
0: So you started uh, sleeping on the couch because you could actually get yourself out of the couch.
1: Yeah. I want to say I spent at least two weeks down there. Yeah, you? Sleeping on the couch because I could get up.
0: You really threw your back out there.
1: Oh, it was was messy. I was like old lady pain. Like, oh, I can't move. Everything's the worst. Indeed. Anyway, we should talk about the book because the book- He's very juicy this week.
0: Indeed, and we'll probably have quite a bit to talk about, so yeah, we'll we'll do a shorter intro here. Do a brief recap of our previous chapter, chapter 29, in which the Queen wins a coupon (laughs) at uh, the Royal Windsor Horse Show, has a lovely time, and then Sir Peter comes and visits uh, Sir Simon and Rosie after hours and confesses that, like, he is super sad because he accidentally let an imposter in and everybody's like dude it's not your fault but he's still feeling pretty morose about it but that leads us into chapter 30 of The or Not by S.J. Bennett
1: I was super pleased to find out that the queen winning the Tesco gift card was historically accurate
0: yeah no that, that was <laughs> a real thing that happened
1: amused me a great deal I loved it very much
0: So chapter 30 commences with her majesty having a, a little bit of time to reminisce about the lovely horse show and take in some of the some of the pageantry there's like an actual like put on choreographed like horse dance thing
1: yeah
0: uh which is quite a to do apparently
1: and was not at her request but it was basically customized to her? Yeah, it
0: was well it's it's part of her like birthday celebration.
1: Yeah, the choreographer who put it together like customized it for the queen like she would like this the best. And she did, and I think part of the reason she let herself enjoy it so much was a, it was custom for her, right? She was designed to enjoy it, and b because she was confident that all of these little seeds that she had planted around had solved the mystery. and You know what I mean?
0: And that's basically where we go from there. Yeah. The Climax of the horse show is followed by kind of the uh, the accusing parlor scene <laughs> of this book. And we get to find out if we were right or we were wrong. Because Gavin Humphreys has solved the mystery. He's giving himself the biggest pats on the back because he managed to figure it all out. Yep. All by himself. All
1: by with, himself. With a
0: little help from from the detective chief inspector.
1: Oh yes, of course. Uh huh. Yep. Yep.
0: And he has uh, returned to apprise her Majesty of the outcome of the investigation, where at least one arrest has been made.
1: Yes. He's so proud of himself. And he's and
0: he's worried the Queen might not be able to follow all of the all of the clues and stuff that led to the solving yep. of this mystery.
1: Oh my God. Like he's, oh, he, the patronizing tone of that! He's awful.
0: He's also already like, by the end of the chapter, he's like convinced himself he's going to get knighted for this. Oh like, my god! <laughs> but I just
1: rolled by eyes. I'm like, she better not.
0: <laughs> uh, it's especially funny because not a paragraph earlier, Prince Philip had been asking if uh, Humphreys was the kind of guy that he needed to get, like, gotten rid of because apparently all the tabloids think that he has the power to get rid of people. And the queen just, like, dryly replies, I think Humphreys is the guy who would be getting rid of people for yeah. you.
1: Like, apparently I can get rid of people. She's like, yeah, I think you would go to Humphreys for that. He is your person to get rid of people.
0: Yeah. But uh, Humphreys has indeed managed to put together all the disparate pieces of the plot uh, in the way that the queen did multiple chapters ago. <laughs>
1: halfway through the book ago.
0: And now basically he's just come for the oral exam so that she can make sure that he's managed to put it all together.
1: Yeah, that he's solved it correctly.
0: And it looks like he might have. In fact, it looks, by the end of the chapter, it looks like he may have even found a clue that the queen hadn't accounted for and seemed quite interested. But basically we can lay it all out now. Yeah, let's stop dancing around it. At the end of the day, the perpetrator of the murder of Maxim Brodsky was indeed Anita Moody.
1: Yay! So we were close.
0: We were we were dead on on who did it, and we were very close yes. on why. Yes, which was that she was made by him. Yes, exactly. Um, it wasn't anything more sinister than that. But the truth is, the reason she was there is a bit of a longer thread. She was actually a spy, and she had been planted there by, ironically, an ally of the British who had been kind of cut out of the loop due to gross incompetence. <laughs> or rather, the, uh, the crown prince who had been in England for a while kind of training to be a spy guy was really terrible at it. He got sent home kind of semi disgraced he's been upset about it for a while i want to say he was name dropped earlier in the book as well so i want
1: to say he was too it seems really kind of familiar like yeah
0: yeah but anyway he he was cut out of the loop and he wanted to know what was going on with this belt and road stuff so he wanted to plant a spine and he thought he was very good at it except not yeah so he hired basically a, a guy locally who was a heavy essentially a hired goon who went and basically drugged poor Rachel Styles? Yes. Who was someone who Anita Moody could pass as based on her skill set, her knowledge of Chinese,
1: stuff yep. like that. Exactly.
0: At this event. This meeting. Yeah. She successfully managed to infiltrate it, but then due to our good friend Kelvin Lowe missing his flight due to a storm, which Humphreys does suggest was just a coincidence. She ended up spending the night, and wouldn't you know it, she was spending the night at the same time as her old school chum, Maxim Brodsky. Yeah. And she did actually lose a contact lens in the hallway. When she was leaving the shower, basically, she dropped a contact lens, which she wasn't wearing for eyesight, but to disguise her eye color.
1: Right, because she had different color eyes than Rachel Styles.
0: And poor, stupid, dumb Maxim, being gallant,
1: <laughs> bent
0: down to help her. And when he looked up in her face, instantly made her. This is Anita.
1: Because a he knows her; they yeah. were friends in school. Yeah. B her eyes are now two different colors.
0: And she's got her hair up, so she doesn't have the long dark hair that "quote unquote" Rachel Styles yes, has. Yes, she doesn't
1: have her wig on, so yeah. she looks like her. Yeah. Now.
0: Realizing that she's been made, she knew that she had to do something. And the best that they can figure is that she had maybe gone to Maxim's room to try to seduce him to keep him quiet, but he'd just come away from a sexy tryst. Yep. He had no interest in that. No. So she murdered him. Yes. And the only way she could figure to make it so that the murder could not be investigated in depth and linked back to potentially her. Was
1: to make it scandalous.
0: Was to make it such a big scandal that it would draw the royal household into it. And that's kind of what happened.
1: Yeah. She was banking on a cover up.
0: Yeah. She was the Dr. Rachel Stiles who they spoke to. At the house because poor Rachel was still drugged at that. She'd been drugged for days by this by this goon. Yep. The hair that had been left at Brodsky's murder scene, which was linked back to Dr. Styles, was in fact Dr. Styles's hair because Anita had been carrying Rachel's yes, like had, overnight bag.
1: Yeah, it had her outfit in it and her papers. Yeah. Right? So
0: it would have had some of her hair on. Yeah, it, of just natural. That just makes sense. And so that's probably where that hair came from.
1: Which is why Anita was wearing the medal that gave it away, is because she was wearing Rachel's clothing.
0: Yeah. So, unfortunately, because of the way this had been totally bungled, Rachel Stiles ends up as an innocent victim here. She needed to be gotten rid of.
1: They couldn't count on her, like, realizing, hey, I wasn't actually at that meeting, and then informing them, uh, something horrible happened to me? (laughs)
0: Yeah. But the Heavy made a terrible mistake by making it look like a drug drug overdose.
1: Well, they did it too well, Yeah, basically, and it caught the attention of the news. Yeah. Which and, means it was going to be investigated.
0: Yeah, and so it was investigated. And in the meantime, some anonymous tip came in that kind of directed them towards Anita Moody, and then they also got the tip from the professor, yep. who they believe might have also given the anonymous tip, but we know it was McLaughlin. Yeah. And that led them to Anita Moody, who was also dead at this point because the heavy had been sent to go and silence her because she had totally bungled this. Yes. And so now we have a dead Rachel and a dead Anita and a dead Brodsky, and it all basically comes back to just random chance. Brodsky and Anita happened to be in the building that night and happened to run into one another.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: And we know that there is someone who was able to slip her in to the castle. We don't know exactly who yet. Someone working for the foreign office who is in the process of being arrested because, as fate would have it, their plane was delayed by a storm. And they weren't able to flee the country in time. We also know that the hitman who took care of Anita and took care of Rachel also tried to kill Rosie. Yes. Because he has been identified as a blonde man who was being used.
1: A blonde man uh, wearing a hoodie. Yeah. So he never bothered to change his clothes when he attacked people. Or Um, he
0: was just wearing the same nondescript outfit. Yeah, exactly. But But you
1: try to blend in, right? Lots of people wear hoodies.
0: And Humphreys even says, like, Prince Fazal, the person who was behind all of this, thought he was being smart by using this, like, deniable asset. Except that MI5 had clocked him as, like, Fazal's agent. Like a year ago,
1: yeah, so except we know they're connected, so he's yeah. not really
0: so it was yeah. it, like we know it's his guy, like yeah.
1: and we have a we have a name. Johnny, I think it's pronounced Hagen, yeah, is our our blonde assailant.
0: <laughs> so there you go. That's the whole sorted affair laid out. This is a bungled attempt at international espionage by an amateur who thinks that he's very good and it's resulted in three people dead.
1: yeah, which is awful. yeah, yeah, now here's my problem. There's still book left.
0: Well, yeah, there's a couple chapters left, but we'll probably get some fallout with the Sandy Robertson stuff. Probably. Because obviously he's completely innocent. Obviously. Uh, We might also get a little bit more about the the foreign office agent who is actually responsible for having snuck Anita into the meeting. Yeah. Who had been flipped.
1: It is my hope that the Queen and Rosie have another, you know, at least a conversation about it. Almost yeah. like a debrief.
0: A little a little kind of come down from that. So yeah, there's there's still a little bit of plot left dangling that still needs to be resolved, even if the mystery has been solved. Yeah. Plus, as mentioned, there was one clue the Queen wasn't aware of that she seemed quite interested in, actually, while Gavin Humphreys was laying this all out. Mm-hmm. And that was Rachel Stiles' bag. Yeah. It was not something that she had factored into this.
1: Right. That the bag would have belonged to Rachel herself.
0: Yeah. So that, that is interesting. The In his defense, Gavin Humphreys did manage to find a lead and a clue the Queen was unaware of.
1: <laughs> Good for him.
0: Indeed. He did it. He had to be led by the hand practically the entire <laughs> way. But you know what? He managed to get to the end zone all by himself.
1: Good job. Yeah. Well done, sir. So this whole spy thing, at least the the Anita Moody portion of it, did it not feel like Baby's first spy mission?
0: well not really she had been an agent for a while it's intimated i mean she was making some sweet money from someone she'd been at all of these like high profile like high events so my guess is she'd been doing this for a bit which is why she was called on to do this particular mission cuz she's competent and she's good at blending in she was fine at the party by all accounts like by the time that It was clear they were all going to have to spend the night. She had kind of opened up. She was being friendly with people. She was very comfortably in her zone Mm -hmm. in that sense. Because she's not at the formal meeting. She's just schmoozing now, right? Yeah. And that's what she's good at doing. Yes. She probably never would have been caught if she hadn't happened to run into one person who would recognize
1: her. The exact wrong person.
0: At the exact wrong time. Yeah. So I don't think this was necessarily Babby's for a spy mission. It was definitely an incompetently put together op. By someone who thinks they're better at espionage than they are. Than they are. But the agent chosen was not terrible. Oh, no, she no. was passable to go as Rachel. She's good at schmoozing and like fast talking her way through stuff. She can blend in with high society. She was a good asset. She was just mishandled. Uh, and, yeah, I suppose. And ended up in an impossible situation when she got made by one of the handful of people in the world who could have caught her out. Because what are the chances she'd run into Max and Brodsky in that hallway in that castle on that
1: night? Yeah, it's true. It's just uh, from her side anyway, a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, right. I just it felt more like when they were talking about her before, how she always had like crazy designer bags without the income to support it. To me, that suggested that she had fallen in with the prince as, like, a sugar daddy.
0: No, I'm, I'm under and the impression- And then pressed
1: into spy service.
0: Because she was, she was posting all those Instagram photos of her at, like, fancy, like, high society events around the world. She was definitely doing espionage at that point.
1: Yeah, but you don't advertise it then.
0: She's not advertising. She's just a, a bon vivant who's going socializing. But the question becomes, who's bankrolling it? And now we know. She was spying.
1: Well, yeah, okay. And, and you're right, it might have just been because from the top down it was mishandled. Yeah, It did and, feel like Baby's first spy mission that just went wrong.
0: Well, again, I don't think it was Anita's first spy mission, uh, though it did go terribly wrong. And she was clearly in over her head at that point. Oh, yeah. But she wasn't getting the proper support because all the other people involved in the operation were incompetent. The people who were tailing McLaughlin did a terrible job of it, and he clocked them instantly. The hitman wasn't able to kill Rosie. <laughs>
1: Well, because he didn't actually know who he was attacking.
0: Yeah, because he didn't have information on her. He just thought she was a secretary. If she he was, was a being...
1: secretary who had looked into Rachel Styles, and so she was ordered to be eliminated, right? Like that yeah. seems super obvious to me. Without knowing anything about her, he and if attacks it was... this woman on the tube and who beats the crap out of him. And
0: if it was a properly done op, he would have been given a dossier on her exactly. first. Exactly. Like they would have figured out who this woman was who was looking into it. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They were just like, ah, eh, go get rid of her. Yeah. And go get rid of someone who's very close to the queen, which would have just brought more attention to the case, right? So, again, very terribly handled from the high end. On the ground, though, from Anita's perspective, again, I am convinced she would have succeeded at the mission had she not run into Brodsky. Yeah, exactly. That threw everything out of whack. And that basically brought the whole thing crashing down and, again, resulted in three dead bodies.
1: Yeah. A very bungled spy mission. Very bungled.
0: But as you say, there are still a few chapters left, and there is still some fallout left to see I from I feel this. like
1: maybe there's cleanup left now, the, the little housekeeping at the end. Maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Well, we'll see. we need
0: we need the story to be wrapped up with a little bow.
1: Oh, that would make me so happy. We know. all know how much Nita likes things wrapped up neatly with a bow. Indeed.
0: So we'll see if some of that uh, bow wrapping begins as we move into chapter 31.
1: Yes. I think we
0: we deserve a little pat on the back ourselves cuz we were very close. We were
1: very close. The information that the Queen got that we didn't. Yeah. Was this allied country. Yeah. Unnamed allied country. (laughs) And that put
0: it all together for her. Yeah. We also, I mean, we didn't know whether or not Rachel Styles was in on it. We now know for sure she was not. No. She is an unfortunate victim of this whole plot. But we were absolutely right about Anita killing Brodsky. We were like, if not the bullseye, we were in the little circle around the bull the 25 points around the yep. bullseye with why? Because we had guessed that she was probably made by Brodsky somehow. Yep. And we now know that's the case. And that's true. So there you go. So yeah, we we kind of solved it a couple chapters ago. Uh, kind of. We didn't have all the details, but we had the, the core of the mystery yeah. solved. So... Good for us.
1: Yay. Yeah. High five.
0: Uh, We'll see what happens as we move into chapter 31, which you'll want to read up on in time for next week. And of course, in the meantime, as always, give us a little rating and review on your podcatcher of choice.
1: Because we would appreciate that very, very much.
0: As we always do. Uh, You can also send us uh, missives via social media.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. We are on X, formerly known as Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the along. In most of those places, so we're easy to find.
0: Quite so. You can also reach us via email.
1: Absolutely. We are thereadalong at gmail.com.
0: And as always, we love you very much and we'll see you next time.
1: I do want to know where she spent that gift card on.
0: Thank you for joining us on The Read-Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All Read-Along music is by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read-Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.